WTM Watch This Movie. I'm your host, Eric Mulder. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. Joining me once again is the Wolfman himself. What's going on, Brett? It's a, it's a Wednesday. It is. It's Wednesday. We're going to talk about Predator. Pretty pumped. <laughs> is, that, is that when he does the Clay Matthews pose? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Wait for the wolf who should be coming directly. You send in the wolf? There you go. Now you got your clip. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, well, big day. We're going after an Arnold movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it's our first one. No. Schwarzenegger. No, we did Jingle All the Way. That's right. It's at least our second. But I don't know. I mean, yes, that is an Arnold movie, but it's not a real Arnold movie. Uh, well... I guess you could argue that. It's our first Arnie uh, straight-up action movie. Yeah, I think so. And it's a good one. Yeah. One of my top five of the year 1987. It's a good year. Should uh, put in some clips from Always Sunny. Just have <laughs> Mac talking about Carl Weathers for about five minutes. But it is watch this movie, not TV show. So I think I, I, think I just saw that episode. Not that long ago, or over the weekend, maybe. Where they they watch Predator like or, every Friday, <laughs> or, or something. Uh, yeah, uh, Dennis came back with Transporter Two, and Max like, "Why did you get Predator? <laughs> you didn't consult me on this." <laughs> <laughs> then he was, uh, he wanted to watch Predator because they had uh, better muscle mass than Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> mass alone. Yeah. So putting that aside, we can all agree that Mass alone, Carl Weathers is fucking jacked. Just the whole cast, even. I I read the uh, the whole crew or the whole uh, the whole commando team in the movie was between six two and six five, <laughs> and they were all jacked, um, except yeah, for I, Shane Black. Yeah, Carl Weathers, or I'm sorry, um, yeah, Carl Weathers. I think he's. More Jack than any of the Rocky movies. I think he I think so. maybe did a little juicing, maybe. Probably. They were probably all righted up. Yeah. I mean, with Arnie and Jesse Ventura there, I'm sure they had the hookup. Yeah, there's a little little early fun fact for you about on the set. So one of the assistants had told Jesse Ventura that his arms were bigger than Arnold's. And so he was all pumped about that, so he went to go like show it off. And then he found out, did they arm wrestle or did they just compare I arm sizes? I think they hit a, uh, a biggest arm contest. Yeah, and 
Ventura lost because they found out that Arnold had told that assistant <laughs> to tell Jesse that his arms were bigger so he could embarrass him pretty much. <laughs> That's true. I read that uh, also Carl Weathers would only work out when nobody else was around. <laughs> and then he would say that his physique was totally natural and it didn't take any work to keep up. <laughs> Like God, this guy just doesn't have to work out at all. Like, how do, how does he maintain all that muscle? He's like, it's just natural. Obviously, as Mac would say, he was probably cultivating mass. <laughs> <laughs> Mac from Always Sunny, not Mac from Predator. That's right. So let's get right into the deets here. Predator from 1987. I was the ripe age of one. You were the ripe age of zero. Yeah. <laughs> Does it say what what date it came out or what month? Yeah, release date was June twelfth, nineteen eighty seven. So summer yeah. blockbuster. That's what we're trying to keep with the theme here with these summer blockbusters. Only the hottest uh, summers. So you know, because of global warming, this is obviously the hottest summer. So <laughs> we we should be getting some predators this year. Actually, uh, next year is when the next predator comes out. Yeah. Because it's going to be even hotter. That's how that works. <laughs> It'll be called, I think it's just called The Predator. I think so, yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Although they probably should have called the first one The Predator. <laughs> well, they have they had Predator 2, and then they had Predators, mm-hmm. and now The Predator. Revisiting the movie, I always thought at the end, after Arnold rigged up all the uh, booby traps and whatnot he yelled out predator <laughs> it's like that's how like the movie got its name but he just yeah. yells like ah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think they say predator at all in the movie they call him a hunter yeah like something's hunting us that sort of thing yeah but the, i think they made up predator after the fact yeah kind of like the toxic avenger <laughs> <laughs> they just call him the uh oh, what do they call him the monster hero through the whole movie <laughs> and then uh in post-production they decided to call it the toxic avenger which i i don't know if that's the case for predator but uh yeah they don't say predator at all in the movie yeah um so directed by john mctiernan starring arnold schwarzenegger as dutch carl weathers as dylan elpidia carrillo E L P I D I A, Lipidia. I don't know. Say it Spanish like. Well, I did the Carrillo, the double L. I got that right. But she plays Anna or Anna. Uh, Bill Duke is Mac. Jess Ventura is Blaine. Sonny Landham, L A N D H A M. Because I I doubt it's Landham. (laughs) Landham. Billy, he's yeah. the Native American. Uh, Richard Chavez is Pancho. Shane Black is Hawkins. R.G. Armstrong, General Phillips. And Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator. And he has a small cameo at the end as the helicopter pilot um, that rescues them. Yep. And we also need to mention that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally the Predator for about two days problem with him being the predator was john claude van damme is like five seven let's look it up here yeah he's 
not very tall compared to all those commandos plus Arnold. Arnold's probably what six three, six four. Mm-hmm. It says you're five nine and a half. Yeah, for Jean Claude, probably that's about right. right. And uh, Kevin Peter Hall, he's like seven two, I yeah. believe. Yeah, he's a big dude. It says seven two and a half in here. Ooh, but don't don't uh, cheat him. I think IMDb always ups it a little bit, or people, I don't know. Maybe they. I doubt that you know the bigger stars don't write in their own info, but I'm sure some of them do. That's like uh, the dude on the basketball team who's five eight, but he's listed at six zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm technically an IMDb because of that shitty uh, um, indie movie I worked on a, a few years ago. Did you put your height in there? No, they they put me in. Like I I looked it up one day, and sure enough, I was listed as like you know I got a few credits from it. And uh, if you I think if you subscribe, like pay for IMDb, you can work your profile edit it however you want i think yeah i don't know because i think you can i don't know i don't have an imdb account but i i don't know what level of account you have to get to edit stuff on there yeah i think you just have to pay and then that's you can probably update the trivia i think everybody can update (laughs) the trivia so it seems like (laughs) be that dude that puts the trivia note about all the different movies that the other the people did together besides the one that you're looking at. Yeah. And then all the, you know, like zero thumbs up and a hundred thumbs down. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> uh, Storyline. A team of special force ops led by tough but fair soldier Major Dutch Schaefer are ordered to assist CIA man Colonel Al Dillon on a rescue mission for potential survivors of a helicopter downed over a remote South American jungle. Not long after they land, Dutch and his team discover that they have been sent in under false pretenses. This deception turns out to be the least of their worries, though, when they find themselves being methodically hunted by something not of this world. And you know that right away, because the first scene is a (laughs) spaceship doing a drive-by drop-off. Yeah, it just drives by and just poops out a little, little like, Like escape pod. Yeah. And then it just speeds off. Just drives away. (laughs) Flies away. That's uh, that's how most sci-fi movies started, like in the '80s and earlier. Mm-hmm. Is just a shot of outer space, and then a spaceship flying by, and, and that's about it. I forget now. E.T. The beginning of that. Do they show anything like that? I don't think they do. Um, it's been a really long time since I've seen E.T. So when you first see him, is you know behind the house when. You know. There must be something that they show. Do they show like a, a flying saucer in the woods taking off? Is that how it starts? Yeah, if, yeah, I do remember that because you see it at the beginning and the end, I believe. Yeah, they. I think they do it that way instead of doing the outer space shot. But like I said, it's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. Uh, Night of the Creeps begins a lot like Predator. There's actually a scene. You've seen Night of the Creeps, right, or no? No. Well, there's a scene on a spaceship with these aliens running around, like, fight with each other. You can tell one of them, like, stole something. Yeah. Or maybe or they're trying to kill one of the other ones, and he releases this pod that shoots off to Earth. In the pod is like this. It looks like a leech, pretty much, and it goes in through your mouth. Okay. And it incubates in your brain, and then it produces more of these little slimy things. It turns into a zombie. 
kind of as you're doing it or as it's working its magic pretty much causes you to go kill other people that sort of thing but yeah so in the 80s that was that was a hot topic then there was that uh what was that other one where the uh spaceship is that family comedy where the spaceship lands in like the barn the farmhouse what am i thinking of is that spaced invaders maybe here i'll look it up quick i remember watching spaced invaders over and over again as a kid but i can't remember anything about the movie yeah, there was another one where I, was, I watched it so many times, but I was like three <laughs> yeah. at the time. Because they had like leather jackets, didn't they? I think yeah, so. this is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, I, at least uh, the picture here, one of them has a leather jacket. A couple of them do. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Spaced Invaders from 1990. I forget if Killer Clowns from Outer Space started like that, too. Maybe Attack of the Killer Tomatoes did as well. Maybe. I don't remember if I've seen that or not. I think I've seen Return of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> All right. Back to Predator. Anyways, those are good movies. <laughs> hey, some of those are pretty good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you see the little shuttle pod, you know, get shot out of that spaceship and come to Earth, and then it just cuts to pretty much, it gets right into it. Yeah. A uh, helicopter lands. Arnold gets out with his cigar. And uh, this is right in prime Arnold cigar phase. So badass. Like, everybody else gets off the helicopter, and Arnold just hangs back, and he's just in silhouette, lights up his cigar, mm-hmm. and then and then he comes out and uh, surveys the land. Because when he's smoking a cigar, like, in the copter, like, later, that was, like, digitally altered because he couldn't, like, smoke a cigar in the helicopter at the time yeah i think uh they said when he lit it at the beginning was done in post too good well he lights it when he gets out or as he's getting out because he stands up lights it and then i think he lit it before he stood up though either way i don't know because yeah like after terminator i think like red heat was another one like all those movies he just has big puffing cigars i mean not terminator 2 but all the way up through Probably like Eraser. He has cigars in like every movie. Doesn't he have one in the jingle all the way? He might. I know it's a family film, but... Does he, oh, he might have smoked one with the reindeer. No. He's drinking beer with the reindeer. Yeah, he drank beer with the reindeer. Yeah, maybe not a cigar in that one. Yeah, family film. Either way, he was prominently smoking big fat pristine looking cigars like yeah. cuban style apparently he got carl weathers hooked on it too <laughs> yeah yeah from this movie so so yeah uh, i have a clip here and this will set up the whole story he lands and he's about dutch is about to learn about his upcoming mission 18 hours ago we lost a chopper carrying a cabinet minister and his aide from this charming little country we've got a transponder fix on their position about here This cabinet minister, does he always travel on the wrong side of the border? Apparently they strayed off course, and we're fairly certain they're in guerrilla hands. So why don't you use the regular army? What do you need us for? Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Dylan! You son of a bitch. 
What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Huh? Had enough? Make it easy on yourself, Dutch. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But did know when to quit, huh? Damn good to see you, Dutch. What is this fucking tie business? Oh, come on, forget about my tie, man. I heard about that little job you pulled off in Berlin. Very nice, Dutch. Good old days. Yeah, like the good old days. Then how come you passed on Libya, huh? Oh, that wasn't my style. You got no style, Dutch. You know that. Come on. Why'd you pass? We are rescue team, not assassins. Now, what do we got to do? That cabinet minister is very important to our scope of operations in this part of the world. Dutch, the general's saying that a couple of our friends are about to get squeezed, and we can't let that happen. We need the best. That's why you're here. Go on. Simple setup. One-day operation. We pick up their trailer at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages, and bounce back across the border before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean, we? I'm going in with you, Dutch. General, my team always works alone. You know that. I'm afraid we all have our orders, Major. Once you reach your objective, Dylan will evaluate the situation and take charge. Some damn fool accused you of being the best. It takes him so long to recognize right. that it's Dylan. Dylan! It's like fight. He's like staring at him forever, and like he recognizes the voice. Yeah, Dylan. <laughs> well, then they do the the arm wrestle handshake. Their biceps are just <laughs> look like they're about to burst out of the skin. Right. I didn't notice before uh, this last time. There's, uh, I was when they're doing the the arm wrestle. I forget what Arnold says, but then there's just this, huh? And it just doesn't sound like either of them. I think it's supposed to be Carl Weathers, and it just sounds so out of place. But I well, think you can tell it. That's what in that long clip there. That's the part that drags. You're yeah. just like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> Like, they're kind of half-ass arm wrestling, and they're, like, just, just uncomfortable. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, thought it was important to note that Dutch considers his team a rescue team, not assassins, which is pretty much what Carl Weathers has been doing for the CIA. Yeah. And Dylan! It, it's funny, throughout the movie, they uh, they just name-drop different places across the world. And like, remember, this is just, like, over in... Uh, like here, like I heard you do the the job in Berlin. You know, why'd you pass up Libya? Uh, <laughs> and I forget what the other ones are, but it's like, you know, this is just like over in Cairo or yeah. Afghanistan. Like they're just naming countries. Yeah, I mean the uh, Berlin would make sense with uh, Cold War going on at the time. If they yeah. needed to rescue somebody to get out of there, that sort of thing. But Libya, well, Gaddafi was in charge then, wasn't he? Uh, does he go back that far? I think so. I just watched the uh, the Naked Gun, and he was uh, in there. <laughs> and that was '88, uh, I think. Yeah, quality movie, the, the Naked Gun. That was good stuff. So, uh, team assembles in the chopper. Yep. I have a couple of clips here. One from Shane Black. We'll mention uh, Shane Black was in the movie because Joel Silver produced this movie. And he also did Lethal Weapon, which Shane Black wrote, and it was a big hit. Also came out in 87. I mean, by the time this came out, also in 87, I don't know if Lethal Weapon is quite the... I don't know if it was out yet. I'll look it up right now. 
but he brought him along to um, kind of as a favor for, you know, hey, thanks for writing a kick-ass movie, but yeah. also to it allowed him to observe the director, John McTiernan, so it helped him, Shane Black, in his career to kind of get that knowledge because he directed Last Boy Scout just a few years later, in 91, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and he apparently wrote The Last Boy Scout during his downtime on mm-hmm. Predator. Yep. So. So Lethal Weapon came out March 6th, 1987. So it would have been a big hit by then. Now they probably were making yeah. Predator or maybe even just got finished making Predator by the time Lethal Weapon came out. But either well, way. I thought I read that uh, Jill Silver was doing like script edit script edits on lethal weapon when they're filming predator so i don't know if they filmed predator first and it came out second or mm-hmm. if they're doing them kind of simultaneously but yeah i mean sometimes people know when it's i mean not everyone knows when it's gonna be a big hit I yeah mean, lethal weapon is a big one but joel silver had a pretty big track record at the time and going forward of kind of bigger movies he was one of the bigger producers at the time but yeah that's why he's in here playing hawkins wearing the nerdiest glasses yeah standard issue standard issue for the most part <laughs> well these and uh they weren't standard issue because shane black wanted the standard issue but uh mcturnan wanted him to look super nerdy so he found just really super nerdy glasses oh, that's right it was flipped that's yeah. right yeah yeah, this movie's not necessarily going to score points for military accuracy, but... No. But the ambition's again, there. They're special ops, you know? They, they're they not standard issue anything. Especially when the CIA's involved. Right. Always fucking shit up. Covert. They don't even exist as far as you're concerned. <laughs> so here's uh, Shane Black, the first of his jokes. To uh, Billy Lindham, the native. Uh, well, Lindham was his, the actor's name. Billy was a character. Yeah, the character's name is Billy. And uh, he doesn't always get the jokes. The other day I went up to my girlfriend. I said, you know, I'd like a little pussy. She said, me too. Mine's as big as a house. Well, you see, she, she wanted a little one because hers was a... Look at the house. <laughs> Level he has to explain it. He does it the second time too. I think Billy gets the joke, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to show emotions, yeah. so he doesn't laugh. And then uh, Hawkins gets super uncomfortable, and he's like, eh, "You gotta explain it to him." I don't. Because <laughs> he laughs the second time. Yeah, that's a pretty good joke, though. <laughs> feel bad for his girlfriend yeah jesse the body makes a star making turn here yeah you want to give a little background of when he started wrestling um i think he started before 87 oh yeah he was he had retired by then um he was out of the navy seals by late 70s early 80s no he was wrestling in the 70s okay um so he's probably out of the SEALs late 60s, early 70s. And then he started wrestling early to mid 70s, Okay, I would say. Um, 
So yeah, he wrestled here in Minneapolis for the AWA, wrestled for the WWF. Um, he had some injury that caused him to retire. I forget what it was. It was like some kind of nerve injury in his leg or his back or something. So he went into color commentary um, in the mid-80s. He was probably more famous for that than for actually being a wrestler because mm-hmm. that was um, around the time that wrestling really blew up was when he started doing color commentary at the same time. So, Like Hulkamania years? Yeah. Okay. And uh, he hated Hulk Hogan. So <laughs> yeah. He, he used to call the, uh, Hulk Hogan's fans the pukesters, and Hulk was the pukester. Because he only makes that brief appearance and no holds barred. He just has the audio, right, in the beginning? Well, he's got a he's, – he's on camera for a short time. Okay. Because he's got the big, the headdress on. Oh, yeah. And then uh, he's going to, you know, tell Mean Gene that it's a stupendous occasion, so he's dressed stupendously. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, struck up quite the friendship with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And yeah. And here in The Running Man. He was Captain Freedom, I think is his name, in The Running Man. Something like that, yeah. And he's also in Batman and Robin. He's one of the uh, so guards guard, yeah. at the prison. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he's in anything else of Arnold's. Not that I can think of. Yeah. I think uh, Jesse, I forget what it was called. He had a starring role in a low-budget sci-fi movie. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Jesse the Mind Ventura. It's the only movie that had uh, two future governors and two future WWE Hall of Famers. And uh, Billy, the guy who played Billy Lindham, actually ran for governor in, I, it's one of my, it's in, one, in my notes somewhere, but Kentucky or Tennessee or something, he lost. But Yeah, I think it was Kentucky. Apparently Jesse Ventura was in The Naked Gun also as an uncredited baseball announcer missed that mm-hmm. yeah i'm not seeing any more arnold movies oh he was in abraxas guardian of the universe as abraxas <laughs> i think that was a terminated ripoff okay i've never seen it but but yeah uh running man came out the same year as this so they were bffs at this time him and arnold yeah, they're pretty close. Here's a clip of him uh, showing you just how much this movie is so 80s. What a man he is. So manly. Get that stinking shit out of my face. Bunch of slack-jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. What the fuck is a sexual tyrannosaurus? He doesn't even say it like he doesn't say it correctly either. It's like Tyrannosaurus. Well, he just put about a half a pound of chaw in his mouth too. Yeah, straight. He's so manly. But that's he was Anyone offering dozens. Yeah, is the F word. Yeah, he was he was offering everybody chewing tobacco and nobody else wanted any. So yeah, that was his introduction to film. Yeah, <laughs> that's his first line. Isn't that a line right after that? Somebody says, like, tie your sore ass down or something like that. Like, it's I a play remember. on the Tyrannosaurus. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Now, that's actually a clever line. Yeah. Tire your sore ass down. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I thought maybe you'd keep that in because it was just another, like, three seconds, but 
Yeah, because right after that, they're uh, they're going in for. Uh, they don't actually land the helicopter, but they uh, they hover over the forest and then they rappel down. Yeah, about eighty-five to about ninety-two. They love that F word in Hollywood. Oh, I. They throw it around constantly. Yeah. So I, I don't even know if I would limit it to just those years. Oh well, yeah, I mean obviously it was said before and after, but that was like the it was prime. Like every movie in that, in especially that. the guy movies, because if you weren't as manly as, yeah, as, as certain you know that line exactly was what something would come out similar. Yeah. We, we, Bill and Ted, we talked about it. Or if you show any kind of uh, affection to a dude, <laughs> <laughs> when it's like you guys are, this is like one of the biggest bromances, right? And it's like especially yeah. like the Dylan and. Dutch scene when they first meet each other. Yeah. It's like they're basically just jerking each other off for five minutes. <laughs> What's funny, too, is like Jesse's character and um, uh, Blaine and Mac. Oh, is it Bill Duke is the other guy? Mm-hmm. Like their characters are like best friends and they're inseparable. And like when one dies, the other guy just freaks out and he's got to get revenge right away. Mm-hmm. So... To be going around calling everybody else a faggot, like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't make much sense. It was like I think it was the time in Hollywood where, over the pat or the previous decade or two, they had kind of moved, pat. I mean, they didn't move past racism, but racism or race was dealt with. There was more. It was it was the buddy cop era in the eighties, yeah. where it was always a white and a black guy that were you know best friends. Right. But yet, uh, the sexual orientation angle didn't really make its way. At, you know. Until the probably late '90s or the 2000s, oh yeah, where it was like more yeah, acceptable for sure. So yeah, I went race first and then sexual orientation, pretty much. Just like in the civil rights movement. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah. It's race first. Cause yeah, I mean AIDS epidemic hit in about '82 or so. Yeah, that's probably right, and that didn't uh, make them very popular. The gay community. Yeah, it wasn't even kind of normalized until Magic Johnson came out. Yeah, HIV that's positive. True. That everyone was like, "What? What the hell? Straight Magic Johnson, basketball player? You know, getting whoever he wants." Even though he'd been married for like ten years. Yeah. <laughs> so how how can a straight man get it? This is an epidemic. Yeah. And people and started to pay even, attention. He didn't even use needle drugs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he just meant it came from sex. I think so, yeah. At least that's what he said. So they land. It doesn't take them long to find the camp, the guerrilla camp. Well, even, Dutch, even, Dutch thinks that they're trying to find some cabinet member. Well, even before that, they find another helicopter stuck in the trees. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, three inside-out people hanging upside down. Yeah, like trophies. Yeah, which is... Pretty unusual. Yeah. And they just assume that the gorillas did it. Yeah. Or somebody, yeah, that's what they assume, but like they don't know why. Mm-hmm. Just this, that they're, oh, they're uh, terrible, evil people. Must yeah. be destroyed. But that's, that's With about what, 80 grenades. <laughs> <laughs> In the 80s, like, all foreigners were evil. The Fez? Sure. So they do a quick little recon of the camp. doesn't take them long to infiltrate. And they just 
destroy everyone and everything, which is like, there's a few people that get shot, but most of it is just shooting grenades off, blowing yeah. shit up. Yeah, and then uh, throwing grenades. Uh, Jesse, the Jesse Ventura's character pulls out old painless, <laughs> which is a uh, a minigun, which logically uh, one man shouldn't be able to hold a minigun and mm-hmm. shoot it. Supposed to be mounted on a helicopter. Yeah, or yeah, some kind of vehicle. And, and they had to. Uh, I read that they used a like a separate power source that ran like through the gun, like into his jeans. Yeah. And then like out of you know out of the view of the camera, that they ran it at a third speed, so that you could see it kind of rotating at least a little bit. Yeah. Because if it's going like full bore, like you don't really see spin. Yeah, it would be too fast. Mm-hmm. And I think it would empty the clip too fast too. Or yeah. not the clip, but you know, it'd go through all the the uh, rounds too quickly. Mm-hmm. And it just drops out the bottom. Yeah. I mean, the action scene's all right. Just a lot of explosions. And it seems like it's pretty reckless if they're trying to look for hostages and just blowing up every building. Well, they saw one person get their throat slashed. Yeah. They and they did. assumed that was the cabinet minister. Okay. and But there was supposed to be somebody else with the minister. Like an aide or somebody. Yeah, they could have maybe assumed that those people hanging up, like everyone had died, and then yeah, the cabinet that minister was the, was the last guy, and then he died. And then he died, so they're like, fuck it, we're just going to kill everybody. <laughs> we're not mercenaries, we're a rescue team. Kill everyone except for Anna. We're not assassins. Or Anna. Yeah, so one, one female survives, and uh, Dylan decides to keep her as a... Uh, hostage i mean what else would you call her prisoner of war yeah not at war because it seems like she herself was probably hostage she's not a gorilla well she might be a a girlfriend or something possibly <laughs> but do you really think like the sanctity of marriage or just girlfriend boyfriend was holding up in the gorilla camp i'm sure they were abusing her well girlfriends like uh or women like bad boys yeah <laughs> But I'm sure he was. They were tossing her around the camp. Probably, she could have been a gorilla. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. Although but, she was unarmed through the whole thing, so yeah. She, I don't know. She probably just tagged along because she was. Like, if you made the movie now, she could have been a gorilla. But in the '80s, now, no women weren't getting that much credit. No, <laughs> well, not in that way. Like, yeah, women uh, in the '80s. Like, they could be, you know, tough guys or whatever, but they didn't start out that way. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like now where you start out with a bunch of badass women with guns and shit. It was, you start off as a damsel in distress, and then maybe eventually you turn into a badass. Mm-hmm. Some of the horror films. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis kind of evolves into kind of a badass yeah. in the Halloween movies. At least, well, one and two. Right. So, that's kind of the case here, although... She just kind of stays as the damsel in distress throughout most of the movie. Yeah. So they wrap up the uh, camp pretty quickly, and they start making their way. They have to go across the border, correct, to get to the the helicopter pickup. Do, do you have uh, the clip from while they're at the, uh, the camp still, right before uh, you didn't get the ink at Time to Bleed? Yeah, I do. 
because that's still at the camp. Okay. I yeah. think that's right when he pulls out the the minigun. Yeah, that's right, because he gets, he gets shot. That's why he's bleeding. It, it wasn't... He gets shot by the predator later. He gets yeah. shot by a bullet. Yeah, so he just got hit in the crossfire or something, and then he either... I can't remember if he shoots out the minigun or if uh, he throws a grenade or something, but... Yeah, he. Uh, so this is actually the, the good line of his from this movie, and also the title of his autobiography, correct? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, at least a book of his. Yeah. I'm guessing it's his autobiography. From when he was still in the office, I think. Yeah, they came out around the same time. Yeah, so that's what he's doing while he's governor, writing a book. <laughs> Son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh. Okay. Shane Black's so confused. <laughs> huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's confused by, like, everyone else in the group, pretty much. He's such a outcast. <laughs> he's so out of like, place. Like, he doesn't fit at all. Like, he's not a he's not a bodybuilder. He's not a badass. He just, I, don't, I assume he's there because he's a smart guy. Yeah, he's, he's one of the other archetypes, you know, yeah. except a lot of them are just the strongest bull, macho, yeah. you know, archetype. But you got to have somebody call people on the radio, right? <laughs> right. Hey, radio. <laughs> he was the radio guy, wasn't he? Yeah. That's they right. did uh, tell him to radio the chopper before he dies. Yeah. After they blow up the camp uh, and Dylan takes Anna, Dutch confronts him about what the the mission really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a line in there where Dylan says, you're an expendable asset. And I thought, geez, that's probably where they got that name for that other movie. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> that trilogy. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then uh, the uh, the only path back was just like the worst way to go ever. Because they just assumed the gorillas had surrounded them on all sides. And I forget who it was, but somebody said, uh, it might have been Billy. But he goes, I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like the, the certain death, no matter which way they went. And the only way they could actually get through was just as bad as every other way they could go. Because they're worried about the other gorillas? Is that, yeah. Okay. Other camps nearby. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Billy can, like, sniff out the predator. Like, he knows he's around. Yeah. But he he can't quite put his finger on what it is. Well, it's the 80s, and he's native, so obviously he's the master tracker. Yeah. And almost has, like, uh, supernatural abilities. Yeah, exactly. Senses, at least. Smell. Mystical. Sight. The mystical Indian. Yeah. It was pretty popular back then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she runs off, Hawkins catches her, and then the predator comes out of nowhere. Actually, the jungle comes alive. Yeah. <laughs> and slices him the fuck up. Sure does. Yeah. So they ask, they ask Anna what happened and... She's just covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> and she's obviously shaking in fear. And the predator has taken Hawkins' body and dragged it through the woods mm-hmm. but he didn't take any of his gear or his weapons so they're like well, what the fuck 
Yeah, and left his entrails there. Like why would the body? Yeah, why would these gorillas kill him and leave all his supplies but take the body? Mm. Like that's fucking terrible. Why would you do that? Yeah, they're pretty confused. They do find him later, strung up, or is that just shown and they don't see it? Because I know I remember Uh, seeing it because he's up. You can see the glasses. He's hanging upside down, like they're walking by and it's up in the trees, and maybe they don't see it, but the audience does. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, so Jane Black, he's gone pretty quickly. And so they're looking for him. Yeah. And this is about the time where Mac and Blaine are together, correct? Yeah, and Blaine gets shot in the back by the Predator. It goes right through him. Yeah. Mac goes nuts, just destroying the jungle, which is, that's another funny thing about this movie is pretty much... Like eighty percent of the movie is just guys shooting guns into the trees, <laughs> right. so it'd be you'd think it'd be pretty easy to film. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. just going down trees. I think Mac he spotted the predator. He got a glimpse of him, mm-hmm. and then he so that's why he just started unloading, and then everybody else just starts unloading <laughs> in the general direction of where the predator went, shooting grenades. <laughs> Says I saw something. Yeah. And he goes until that minigun is spent because he picks it up from Blaine. And he he even goes beyond that because he just keeps holding it. <laughs> and it's spinning and spinning and spinning. And uh, he's spent all his uh, shells. But uh, hey, he is shook up. He's pretty shook. Dutch has to numerous times. Mac, yeah. Sergeant, <laughs> pay attention. When they, they clipped the Predator and uh, Anna... Is the only one that notices his blood, even though it's neon. Mm-hmm. And she smears a little on her pants, but uh, she doesn't tell anybody. Yeah. But she also doesn't tell anybody that she speaks English until later. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny that none of the other, there's only one special ops guy that can speak Spanish. It's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was a coincidence that she just happens to speak English or if it was just the filmmakers were tired of having to translate stuff for her, <laughs> for her character. I'm like, it was just easier if we just write her as an English speaker. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's got they, a real nice uh, horror element to it. Yeah. Where it's just kind of a, I mean, it's sci-fi action and horror because they're being stalked one by one by this predator. Yeah. At least initially with, with his kind of like knife claws, although the second death is a laser it's like a orb blast. Yeah, he's got like a, a blaster type thing on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sick. Yeah, they called that the parrot because it kind of acted like a parrot. Yeah, like on a pirate. Uh huh. And the uh, the special effects on the the predator's cloaking, mm-hmm. the uh, the invisibility or whatever, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, especially for the time, eighty seven. Yeah, I mean it was a big budget movie, but it wasn't the biggest budget movie. They spent a lot of their money on Arnold, I feel. <laughs> probably. And Carl I, Weathers, maybe. Carl Weathers probably wasn't cheap. He was coming off of, what, four different Rocky movies? Yeah. His Rocky Four was 85. Yeah. So, so I mean, his <laughs> stock was pretty high. Action Jackson? When was that? Uh, Early 80s? Maybe late 70s? Probably, yeah. He was in Friday Foster, too. Weathers? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right, you just watched that the other day. Yeah. That actually had a pretty big cast. I think uh Yafakota did a lot of stuff. Yeah. No, I was thinking of another movie. Um 
Because I was thinking Rip Torn was in that, but he was in another movie that I watched starring Jim Brown called Slaughter. Okay. But uh, I digress. See, it's cool that you're kind of stalking them one by one. And you don't get a good look at them because he's basically invisible. Mm -hmm. He's got like chameleon type things where he just blends in. Yeah. Looks like the, uh, the surrounding environment i saw i read that at some time I, I believe in the 90s the military actually tried to create camouflage technology like suit similar to the predators yeah it was like covered in like fiber um fiber like, optic it's like microscopic mirrors almost yeah it was it, like it would reflect the uh the other you know everything that's facing it so it looked like it was just more of that stuff well, it would do the opposite side. So if it was, if you were wearing the suit and I was looking at your chest, it was going to reflect whatever was behind you and project it on the front is what they tried to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they actually do have a, a similar technology now, like in a, a shitty James Bond movie, Die Another Day, uh, Bond has an invisible car. They explain it with like tiny little cameras, always projecting like the opposite side of your viewing angle, which obviously wasn't realistic at the time, but they do have nowadays, they do have something similar. I think I've seen that like a couple of years ago. They, they had something like that came out or a video of it came out. So I want to know whether or not you can harness that on some sort of a suit for somebody. Cause it, you think that technology has got to be heavy to wear. <laughs> I mean, the predator suit weighed 200 pounds or a little over 200 pounds. Yeah, it was something ridiculous like that. And I think they had to, uh, they said they had to use like a harness mm -hmm. to help him move around and not look so uh, weighted, weighted down, down yeah. by the suit. Yeah, so it helped him move around more freely and I guess look more authentic. And it, it does, it looks pretty great. He doesn't, I don't see any wires or even like, you know, yeah. the editing out of the wires. And the Predator looks fucking badass. Yeah, he does. He's fucking great because they they cut to a little scene of him because he was bleeding right so because he yeah. got clipped in the leg and then he's uh he's kind of giving himself first aid mm -hmm. he's like a little almost like a syringe gun yeah. type of thing because he just kind of injects into it and it's like oh i'm good now all <laughs> <laughs> right but uh one of the people i can't remember was it hawkins no hawkins is dead Maybe it was and Poncho. Blaine. Maybe it was Poncho. It notices that Billy was looking a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got that clip right here. Ask her what she saw. Ask her what happened to Hawkins. Go ahead, ask her. ¿Qué pasó hoy? ¿Qué fue lo que viste? Te dije lo que sé. Fue la selva que se lo llevó. ¿Qué más quieres que te diga? She says the same fucking thing. The jungle that came alive and took him. Billy, you know something. What is it? I'm scared, Pancho. Bullshit. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. Billy's just a badass the whole movie. Oh, yeah. He's, hey. like, he's probably my second favorite character. Yeah, he, he might be more badass than Arnold. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say yes, except for all the cool booby traps he rigs up at the end yeah <laughs> that's true because it's a kind of a man going back to nature type of thing 
Well, also Arnold survived the nuclear explosion. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) Billy kind of sacrifices himself later, too. So, Mm. I don't know. Points points for Arnold. Yeah, this is uh, that clip is also right after Blaine died. And when they inspected the body, they noticed that there's no powder burns. Yeah. And that the wound was cauterized. I mean, there's a huge hole and ventura but you tell like the it was kind of cauterized yeah it wasn't so like, knew it wasn't just like uh and then no no uh shrapnel either so it right. wasn't a grenade bullet wasn't so, a traditional weapon or mm-hmm. you know one that you would think it would cause that kind of wound so they're starting to realize that it's might not be human and then billy he lets them know what the deal is uh so they so they dutch comes up with a like we need to have a defensive position and so they drag Blaine's body into their little camp. They set up claymores all around. And uh, this is when they kind of get a little separated and Max hiding underneath that kind of that log or root system. It's kind of like a little dugout, little cave in the mud or in the dirt. Not yet, I don't think. Um, that's when he sees the predator again and so does... Uh, no, in the middle him? of the night, something sets off their uh, security flares. Oh, that's right. And Max stabs the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, that wild boar. <laughs> and it turns out to be a wild boar. <laughs> and uh, so they're distracted by that, and then uh, they realize that Blaine's body is gone. Mm. Um, and that's when Anna tells them that uh, she found its blood and mm. shows them where she had wiped it on her pants earlier. What the hell do you think you're doing? need everyone. I'm taking her back. We're out of here in five minutes. You're not going yet. Look, the rendezvous is 10 to 12 miles away from here. You think the chopper's going to wait? Dylan, we make a stand now, or there would be nobody left to go to the chopper. There is something else. When the big man was killed, you must have wanted it. Its blood was on the leaves. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Wise words from the governor. Such a great line. <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, a lot of cool lines in here. Obviously, it's a lot of macho badass lines. It's a macho badass movie. Yeah. And that's also, I think, why the horror element works so well. I mean, I saw this when I was, I want to say like four or five. <laughs> like not not unedited. Like I saw right. like an edited, like recorded off of, you know, TV type of copy. Okay. And they also like the kind of the violent parts that would make me look away or leave the room or something like that. But it's like, you see the, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and just a bunch of juiced up, you know, macho men. They're just getting dominated. Exactly. So it's like, if these guys don't have a chance, the hell am I going to do out in the jungle? (laughs) So yeah, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And then uh, she goes on to explain how the hunter, the hunter shows up um, only in the hottest years. I forget. She calls it something in Spanish, but it translates to the demon that makes trophies of men. Okay. That's what they call it. So, like, only in the hottest summers, something comes in, kills a bunch of people, skins them, and then basically hangs them up as trophies. And so that's what's happening here. Um his blood was on the leaves. <laughs> they did catch it in a trap. Yep. 
it was in the uh, net, but uh, it cuts out of that immediately. Yeah, and, and you don't know where the hell it goes. Uh, so they're shooting around. That's also when uh, it sets off another trap, but it backfires and Poncho takes a tree trunk to the chest, mm-hmm. which was pretty sweet. Then Dylan, uh, he gets his arm blown off. Yeah. While he's shooting and like the gun is still shooting as his arms like flopping on the ground. It's a pretty cool effect. So yeah, uh, Dylan and Mac, that's when uh, what you're talking about earlier. Yep. They're hiding under the the tree uh, trunk, and Mac tries to sneak off, and he just gets his head blown off. Yeah. Uh, and then right after that, Dylan gets his arm shot off, and then he gets mowed down. Cause the predator has like that triangle. Um, it gets a targeting system. Actually. Yeah. It's like three red dots, which is pretty sweet. His weapons, they're pretty advanced and they're pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. Predator's fucking awesome. And he has the, I mean, he's watching them all through his thermal vision. Yeah. But he has a couple of different vision modes. They talk about in the second one, the second Predator, he has like even another vision mode. Yeah. But that they don't kind of touch on in the first one but it is evidence that they were that it was meant to like yeah he had it in the first one as well mm-hmm. um i forget what it is i haven't seen predator 2 yet i almost watched it last night i might just watch it tonight i've always heard how shitty it was it's it's decent it's not as good as the first one mm-hmm. um it's a little over the top with some of the stuff yeah but i'm expecting shit but i'm sure it'll be entertaining shit if you if you expect shit you might be okay with it Mm. probably better than you uh you expected because mm-hmm. it's uh danny glover and uh gary Busey. gary Busey. yeah that's right i think predator 2 was about 1990 or 91 so that would have been yeah. after his accident yeah <laughs> yeah i think it was 90 i don't know it but it's in the crazy Busey years it starts off with a gang war like a legit gang war <laughs> Like, it's like a war zone. It's pretty intense. So Only Pon- people left. So Poncho, Mac, and Dylan all go and... Well, I guess Poncho didn't die from the tree to the chest. He got shot later. Mm. But they all go in pretty quick succession. Because, yeah, uh, uh, Dylan, or Dutch was carrying him, and he gets shot by the Predator. Yeah. And that's when everyone runs, because th- at that point, it's only Billy, Aunt Anna, Dutch... And Poncho. Yeah, and Billy, uh, he just loses his mind, and he, he takes his shirt off. <laughs> and then he's he's got his knife, and he, he, like, cuts himself. And he basically challenges the Predator to come get him. I know. And then he dies off screen pretty quick. Yeah, the, probably the most badass scene in the movie. Or yeah. It's like single act, any of them did. So I'm going to stand on a tree yeah. and cut myself and wait for you to come. <laughs> Also, it was a little self-sacrifice, buying him some time to get to the chopper. Yeah. Speaking of get to the chopper. So after after Billy dies and Pancho gets shot, Dutch gets shot in the arm and uh, he, he drops his gun. And uh, so Anna's the only one left standing right now. Mm-hmm. Arnold 
was on record as saying that's his favorite, like quotable line, because it, it's he has a lot of lines that have been quoted. Yeah, and they repeats in different movies like "I'll be back" and things like that. I guess I never really got the allure of this one. I think I find it kind of funny because it's his. He's doing the ah, and then get yeah. to the chopper. So I watched it the first time, probably uh, either senior year or right after senior year of high school. And yeah, I don't remember it standing out to me, but yeah, it's been used in so many like comedy sketches and shit since then. Mm-hmm. Like that's got to be why it's so popular. Yeah. But I just, I just don't know why it caught on in the first place. It's like, why is that the line that people remember? I, I mean, guess people it, remember "Ain't Got Time to Bleed" from here, but yeah. Other than that, it's it's straight to get to the chopper. I guess it's because he says it in such a thick accent, like his accent really comes through. Mm-hmm. Get to the chopper, <laughs> and yeah, he does talk about the chopper quite often in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I was rewatching it. I'm like, damn, he really says get to the chopper a lot. <laughs> like, he only yells it like that one time, but we'll never get to the chopper. <laughs> Didn't realize that was such a uh, crucial plot point. Him telling people that we're going to go to the chopper. Chopper. Anna runs off, and then what happens to her? She gets away. Yeah. <laughs> she gets to the chopper. Because at the end, the chopper picks up. She's in the chopper at the end, right? Yeah, because that's only like it was almost like she made it to the chopper, and then they I just mean, waited for hours and hours. I, I guess, because <laughs> I don't think they went in until yeah. They must have either taken her back to wherever the base was, which is weird because like they don't even know who she is. Yeah, now that I think Arnold about doesn't it. have a radio, or at least he doesn't use one after this point. Yeah. So they have, they have no way of telling if Arnold would be alive. And, and she doesn't know who Arnold is. Mm. Like, <laughs> even if she, I mean, even if she did, she's like, yeah, the last guy that was with like, me just got shot and told me to run. Like, so, how, yeah, he's how probably do you explain dead. that? Because the choppers didn't come back for Arnold till after the uh, the big explosion, mm-hmm. which I assume at that point they're just doing like surveying the the damage could be and it was probably a surprise to them that arnold survived it yeah or the helicopter for that matter because that's emp goes out it should have crashed yeah would have at least frayed the uh or destroyed the electronic equipment so anna gets to the chopper (laughs) (laughs) then arnold finds his way to the uh, river falls over while the predator's kicking his ass and he falls over a waterfall. Yeah. And he crawls up out of the riverbed I below. I don't know how he survived that, because it's a pretty deep... Because he's pretty, fucking Arnold, that's why. He's indestructible. I think... <laughs> man, he's he's more uh, invincible than the Predator is. Yeah, literally. Does he even bleed in this movie? Maybe that's why they can't kill him. A little bit. You can see a little bit on the on the, I on guess, the mud. I guess because he got shot. He, he probably bled when he got shot. So he pulls himself up, and he's pulling himself through mud, and that covers him. And that's when the predator comes down looking for him. He's standing right in front of him, only he doesn't see Dutch because the mud covered his body heat. Did you know they uh, myth-busted that? Yeah. 
I thought it was pretty sweet. Uh, as Arnold was crawling out of the water, you just see like a splash in the water behind him. Yeah, that is cool. And then like and almost then, like a fish swimming up. You can see the ripples yeah. as he's coming towards him. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, guys in MythBusters tested it if you know mud would hide your body heat, and they said it would for a very brief moment, but yeah. then it would slowly or I guess quickly warm up the mud too. Your body to temperature. your body's temperature, yeah. But, um, so I guess I don't know how fast it would be, but yeah. I mean, I always kind of thought that too. Like, anything that's touching your body, if you're wearing a shirt, the shirt will be warmer. You can feel it. Yeah, exactly. Body heat goes through. I mean, if you're wearing a seat or a, a suit that was made of steel, it would go through it. Metal conducts yeah. heat. Like, I'm trying to think of like a surface that wouldn't, like rubber maybe. That would prevent your body heat from showing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you had a thick enough rubber suit, it would at least delay it long enough. Maybe in an Under Armour shirt. <laughs> yeah, you should have got an Under Armour shirt. <laughs> They're missing out. You know, 20 years before they existed. <laughs> We're sitting on a gold mine of uh We must protect marketing. this house! <laughs> Are they still doing that? I don't know. Didn't they sign... Uh, no, did they they signed Stephen Curry, didn't they? I think. Is that why his shoes look so shitty? <laughs> Probably. Get them old man shoes. <laughs> oh, they're not as bad as Lonzo Ball's. Though. Get some big baller brand. <laughs> Are you kidding? They're five hundred dollars. They, they're black and gold. Like why? Lonzo doesn't even wear them. <laughs> Lil Wayne probably loves them. Black and yellow. Black and yellow. <laughs> Those was Khalifa. Oh, that's right. Was Khalifa. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Lil Wayne did the uh, Packers version. Oh. It was like green and yellow. Why would he do a Packers version? Isn't he from New Orleans? Because he's an idiot. I don't know. I guess he liked the He'll Packers do anything for time. money. Yeah. Lil yeah I think Wayne. he said he's a Packers fan or something. That's weird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, before the Saints won the Super Bowl, not a lot of people in Louisiana were Saints fans. <laughs> they care about LSU, and that's about it. I remember Saints were just there. I remember people got pissed at Lil Wayne because he moved to uh, where did he move? Memphis or something? When uh, after Katrina, mm. he moved out of New Orleans until they rebuilt the city, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll come back when you guys fix stuff up." <laughs> All right, so uh, Predator goes off by himself, and Arnold kind of figures it out that hey, the mud saved my ass, but uh, he's left with. Pretty much no weapons. So he's left to his myths and nature. Yeah. He starts building a series of booby traps, his elaborate mit, traps. His myths and his wits. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, so he sets up like a, uh, just a, almost like, similar to the first one where, uh, was it, is it Pancho that got hit by the log? Yeah. He sets up another log booby trap that was supposed to come down. And also there was like a spikes, almost like a Venus flytrap type of thing with some spikes. Yeah. That supposed to kind of crush or impale the predator. And the the tree trunk one, instead of coming like uh, like swinging down, it was, he set it up so it would come straight down mm-hmm. from uh, overhead, like vertically. And then when uh, Kevin McAllister is finally done setting up all his <laughs> little booby traps... He set out his uh, Hot Wheels cars. And... <laughs> he lights a torch, stands on that big oh, log. Oh, oh. Uh, 
Well, while he's uh, he's setting up his traps, the, they show the predator just pulling Billy's uh, spine and skull out. Yeah. And holding it up, and he yells out too. Yeah. So, a lot of yelling. <laughs> It's actually the that's recorded from when he yells at Arnold after he takes yeah. off his mask. Doing the Clay Matthews. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Clay Matthews does that anymore because he doesn't get sacks. <laughs> so, so now Predator the, finally shows up. Arnold covered himself in mud again, so he's still kind of hiding, trying to let him fall into some traps, which he, he falls into one initially, correct? Um, just kind of a nuisance one. Maybe at first he, uh, so Arnold throws the torch and the predator starts shooting at where the torch lands. Mm -hmm. And then Arnold was like throwing spears at him. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. He had like a system of uh, a couple of ropes that he was swinging from to kind of move around. Yeah. But then the predator triangulates where he threw the, uh, the spear from. And then he just, he comes very close to shooting Arnold again. Yeah, he lights up that tree he's hiding in. Yeah. doesn't hit him, but it lights him up. A lot of fireworks there. <laughs> so then how does he end up on the uh, the riverbed again? Because he, he goes into, he falls into the water, and that kind of washes off the mud. Yeah. Um, I think he just fell out of the tree. Yeah, when it was being shot by yeah. the predator. Because yeah. the predator's uh, equipment, so to say, his suit was damaged. Yeah, and his cloaking stopped working. Mm-hmm. So, he, uh, yeah, they end up on the ground out of the trees, and Arnold backs into one of his traps, and he's about to set it off, but the predator just won't go in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is right after, uh, like, it was a pretty badass move by the predator, too. Like, I could just kill you now, but yeah. we're going to hold on a second. I'm going to take off my mask. I'll show you my sweet face. And then uh, he lets out that roar. And it's kind of like, hey, I know you're the last one. Yeah. You, you've lasted this long. We're going to we're gonna make something out of this. Yeah. and Let's it's, make lemonade. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, take the easy way out. I don't want a challenge. Mm-hmm. We're going to so, fight with our mitts. We go one-on-one. Mono, you could have just shot him. Mano a mano. <laughs> and yeah, the predator is smart enough. To sniff out the first trap, although he doesn't catch the second one. Yeah. It was a little weird because Arnold's almost like panicking, like, come on, yeah. come on through. Like, he didn't have, come on, kill me. And so, like, the only other way in was the other side the Predator landed in. Yeah. And then Arnold, you know, hits it off. But it, it seemed like it was like, oh, I'm fucked. I'm never going to get up now. And then he lands right into the second trap, which was the log that came down and crushed him. Yeah. Which I think was, uh, so you had the the first trap, and then the second one was obviously the contingency plan. Mm-hmm. If the predator, for some reason, sniffed it out. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know if he was thinking that far ahead, but could have been, because it could have been like, hey, if I have to retreat, well, he's I'm going to go into this, I'm gonna go into this corner, and there's only yeah. going to be two ways in or out, I'm going to have them both covered. Yeah, I think that's what it is, because obviously... He's a badass. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going on. Man versus nature. He's the leader of the special ops uh, rescue team. I mean, did you hear about what they did in Berlin? 
Did you even hear about it? Yeah. So he gets crushed. Um, Predator's not dead, but very badly wounded, you could say. Yeah. And, and he uh, um, gets his wrist, his, uh, his Apple Watch out, and he <laughs> types in some shit. It sets off a uh, timer. It, it appears as a timer because it's uh, like alien symbols. Yeah, it has that kind of metronome type countdown. And yeah. the symbols get smaller. There becomes fewer and fewer of them. So Arnold figures out that it's a timer. And he just starts hauling ass. And then, yeah, it survives like a mini nuke. Yeah, because they, uh, I forget, in Predator 2, they say how much real estate was blown up. I can't remember. It's like, it's like 200 square city blocks or something like that. So Dutch, he's got cancer. Yeah, there's no way around that. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know how he survived, because he was probably only a couple hundred feet away from the Predator when it blew up. I mean, have you seen him? He's like a mutant himself. Because <laughs> they scorched the earth all around them. <laughs> For like miles, and Arnold just gets up like, "Oh shit, we're oh here's the helicopter. I'm gonna get on." It's almost as ri- uh, ridiculous as the uh, fourth Indiana Jones movie. They nuke the fridge. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, no, and I it? probably never will. <laughs> I've seen that scene though. Okay, yeah, he hides in a where they, a lead fridge. Yeah, that gets blasted about two miles in the air, and then it lands hard on the ground, and, he just and it rolls. Roll. Yeah. And he just kind of rolls out unscathed. It's like, there's no padding inside of a lead fridge. <laughs> right? There would just be a, a puddle of flesh but, left in there. Like skydiving without a parachute. Yeah. So he gets he gets to the choppa. Yep. And pretty much no words are said, I mean, from Dutch. He's just kind of, he's spent. Yeah. That's how it ends, right? With yeah. him flying back. Just flies out. That is it. It's a good place to end it. Yeah. Solid flick. Yeah. I think I rated this under the eventually category. Yeah, I'd say that. Not it's, quite as soonish. I mean, it is pretty... It's really good, but like you don't have to bend over backwards to watch it right now. Yeah. But you should definitely influential watch Influential in it. the 80s. Maybe not influential as much today. But yeah, one of the best of the 80s, I'd say, for action movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. Let's get to some fun facts. Well, the film provided a variety of hardships for the actors, such as leeches, snakes, stifling humidity, heat, and rough terrain. All the night scenes were filmed during freezing cold temperatures, which was especially hard on Arnold Schwarzenegger during the latter half of the film, when the mud he had to wear was actually a pottery clay, but uh, became cold and wet. He was warned it would take his body temperature down a few degrees, and he shivered nonstop, even when they tried to heat him with uh, lamps. But uh, that didn't really work, so it just made the, the clay dry out. Uh, he tried uh, drinking Jaeger tea. I didn't know that's a thing. It's spelled Jaeger tea. J-A-G-E-R-T-E-E. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's a schnapps mixture. Yeah. To warm him, but that just got him drunk. Uh, most of the cast and crew uh, suffered from traveler's diarrhea since the Mexican hotel they were staying at was having problems with uh, water purification. Only ones who didn't get sick were uh, Arnold and John McTiernan. So they maybe maybe they had the, like the top suites in the hotel. Well, they, they probably bottled water. Yeah, they probably <laughs> didn't drink the water. Which I I thought even in '87 you'd probably know not to drink the Mexican water. Yeah. Um, going back to Jean Claude Van Damme. 
Uh, he was constantly complaining about the monster suit being too hot, causing him to pass out. He also allegedly uh, voiced his reservations on numerous occasions regarding the fact he would not be appearing on camera without the suit. Uh, additionally, the original design for Predator was felt to be too cumbersome and difficult to manage in the jungle. And even with a more imposing actor, was felt not to provoke enough fear. I think they talked about it like the head kind of looked like a duck. Yeah, I've seen video on YouTube of what the original one looked like, and I I can't remember exactly how it looked. Um, but there's video out there of the when of the original suit because they had made it up and had Jean Claude Van Damme in there. And then they postponed filming for like a couple months to redesign the Predator mm. uh, costume, if you will. But uh, according to John McTiernan, the hole in the jungle appearance of the Predator was actually played by Jean Claude in a blue screen, an actually red suit, because uh, Van Damme quit after two days, you know, un- unhappy with being cast as an uncredited special effect. But can be seen as the Predator in If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, The Making of Predator from 2001. Predator was first designed by a special effects company the studio picked uh, to save money. Stan Winston uh, later created the Predator for $1.5 million. This other studio charged half that amount. Because of that, their Predator looked someone in a lizard suit with the head of a duck, according to Arnold. Uh, when Winston was brought in to redesign the Predator, the final scene had to be reshot. The new Predator was eight and a half feet tall, but the recast Kevin Peter Hall was seven two. Costume was heavy and off balance, and Hall couldn't see the ma- or Hall couldn't see with the mask on. Because of that, during the fight scene with Dutch, he actually did hit Arnold once. I think they left it in though. I'm sure. Uh, the Predator's blood, goopy substance with the color of Mountain Dew, was made on set using a mixture of liquid from uh, inside glow sticks and KY jelly, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, the mandibles of the Predator were the idea of James Cameron. I mean, he has a, a little bit of input of this movie. So I found the uh, the red suit. Okay. And then... Yeah, because the red suit wasn't really necessarily the outline of the Predator. It was just more supposed to be like a, a body type shape. Yeah. Then, okay. Yeah, that that Predator, the original one... I wouldn't say it's not imposing, but it's definitely, it does look like a duck kind of and a much like weaker creature because it looks like it's sunken in. Yeah. Everywhere. So it doesn't look so imposing. Yeah. And it looks, it looks much less, uh, yeah, much skinnier, mm-hmm. much, uh, weaker looking. Actually, I think I saw that red suit is what I saw. Uh, they tried to get shots of the Predator swinging from tree to tree using a monkey in a red special effects suit. However, the monkey kept removing the suit, and the idea was abandoned. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like, well, I suppose, I mean, if you shoot it from farther away, you could get a bigger monkey, and it would, you can make it look, appear as though it's much bigger than the monkey, because there aren't too many 7-2 monkeys out there. Yeah, they just uh, shoot at the scale. Uh, going back to the Predator's vision here, uh, because this was the first Predator movie, only the thermal vision and infrared vision was shown from the Predator's point of view. Because yeah, after he takes his mask off, that's just the infrared. Yeah. Uh, Predator 2 introduced many other vision modes for the Predator. 
but with good attention to details, you can get hints that the predator has different vision modes, even in Predator 1. Predator can obviously see and avoid the tripwires that are hidden everywhere in the forest, which would actually not be visible if the predator only used thermal vision. The predator can also see if the soldiers are carrying any kind of weapons or knives, and if they are unarmed, indicating the predator has a different vision mode, which makes them able to detect solid metal. So yeah, the infrared, he's not going to be able to see that, those booby traps at the end. No. In fact, uh, I was he must have really taken that mask off because it was really malfunctioning because that infrared vision looked like it sucked. It's like he could tell where Arnold was, but everything was just like the same color. It was just different shades of red. Yeah. Whereas the thermal, you could at least, you know, goes from like green or blue and green to red. Yeah, I, that's probably what it was. It probably started malfunctioning after he went in the water, like the rest of it. Like his cloaking and whatnot. The studio's insurance company would not agree to insure the production unless a bodyguard was hired for uh, Sonny Lendham, Billy, for the sole purpose of protecting people from Sonny. The bodyguard followed Sonny around everywhere to ensure that Sonny didn't get into a fight since he was well known to be a very violent and short-tempered actor. Apparently. So he's such a badass in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Do you know anything else he's been in? I feel like I recognize him. Actually, I believe he's in uh, 48 Hours. Okay, I haven't seen that. He's one of the villains with uh, James Remar, your boy. James Remar. <laughs> From the Warriors at all. Yeah, you want to double check that? Type in 48, the number 48, and then HRS. I know how to spell Or you could just do Sonny London, see what he was in. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the trivia, so I didn't want to go. He died uh, August 17, 2017. Damn. Damn. Yeah. He Rest just, in peace, Billy. Just died. I miss you. He played Billy Bear in 48 Hours. Yep. Billy Bear. <laughs> he was in a movie called Lockup, where he played a character called Chink. <laughs> Who else was it? I think that's a Stallone. Yeah. Died of congestive heart failure. Just uh, five days ago. Six days ago. What's today? 23rd? Yeah. Less than a week ago. So it looks like uh, Joel Silver had Shane Black review the script of Predator. Because of their relationship and Lethal Weapon. So it's kind of one, maybe one of those uncredited... I don't know if he necessarily rewrote anything, but he put it in his own lines. Those are probably his jokes. Yeah, yeah I think I read that he... He wrote his own pussy jokes. A lot of screenwriters, or at least the more well-known ones, or at least well-thought-of ones in Hollywood, do that a lot. There'd be a lot of uncredited script doctoring. Like Quentin Tarantino is known to have worked on the script for The Rock and uh, Crimson Tide, things like that. Like in The Rock, you know, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. That's probably a Tarantino line that they added. I thought this was... uh pretty interesting part of the shoot was 48 hours before arnold schwarzenegger's wedding rehearsal dinner uh and jesse ventura teased him about his nuptials often ruining takes Mm -hmm. uh arnold missed the final preparation and maria shriver was not happy about that (laughs) because she thought that he uh his mind was more on the film than their wedding so Mm -hmm. thanks jesse ventura yeah i mean him and maria were married for quite a while that they were 
till about. Mm. How old was that uh, love child that Arnold had? With well, the, when they divorced, with, I think he was in his early twenties when they got divorced. Yeah, so he probably waited a while before he. Oh wait, no, we figured out on the Jingle All the Way episode because remember we found out that he was he probably conceived or the nanny conceived Arnold's kid right around the filming of Jingle All the Way. He's either right, right before or during or right after. Yeah. I think he was born in like 97. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he he waited a good 10 years before he impregnated his nanny. Yeah. So actually, yeah, he would have been. Well, maybe not 10 years. Late but... teens, maybe when they got divorced then. Yeah. She's a, she's a Kennedy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Used is she, to, uh... He used to work in the media too. Yeah. Um, also, uh, was a well-known nemesis of He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's only more recently, though. That's not nice. That's uh, skinny shaming. Mm. Wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> it, sh- it's, it shouldn't even be considered skinny shaving. shaming. It should be considered old shaming because she's just kind of older now. Like she's in her yeah. 60s, too. Well, yeah. Of course, Arnold's 70 now. But you don't call, you know, heavier people Skeletor. Yeah, but also, I mean, I'm just saying older people frequently are not fat. Or I mean, the older you get, skinny. I mean, yes, because most, uh, most older fat people die off because they're fat. You don't see a lot of 80-year-old obese people. I know yeah, she's not 80, but... You tend to, it, it seems, or it tends to be harder to lose weight once you're older. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone has the excess skin. Your skin kind of stretches and sags and kind of gives you appearance of being more unfit than you probably are. I mean, for a person that age. I don't know. We're kind of off topic now. Yeah. Oh, well. Maria Shriver. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? The predator, predator. He doesn't say that. <laughs> I wish he did. I was waiting for it. I was like, "Oh, he's on the log. He's gonna yell out predator," and then oh, he didn't. No, he didn't do it. <laughs> it's a Mandela effect. Yeah, that's, yeah, it is probably what it is. Probably, yeah. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. No, I, I'd say you know, if you haven't seen it, why did you listen to this whole episode? <laughs> um, but now that you have. I hope you want to go see it because it's fucking awesome. I mean, it's a visually driven movie, so you should probably go watch it, not listen to it. If you like badass dudes doing badass shit and a badass monster killing off badass dudes. <laughs> doing guy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a quintessential guy movie. That it is. Well, reach out to us. Email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Please subscribe and give us the old rate and review on iTunes and or Stitcher. You can go to our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. You'll get updates. Uh, we get new, new tweets. We'll tell you when our new episodes are out. Other than that, I think we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.